grizzlybagels.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, riverreporter.com. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dold. Coming up, be our monthly check-in with Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County. We'll be talking about SNAP Ed New York. SNAP, of course, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. B. Moser will be on with Patricio Rabio. That's in the second half of the program. First up, it's what we usually do on a Thursday as we check in with Wayne County. If you can believe it, it's almost mid-October now and Election Day is coming right up. It's Tuesday, November 8th. It's Election Day across the country and in Pennsylvania. Voters will be selecting a United States senator, a governor, a lieutenant governor, and representatives of Congress, as well as state senators and representatives in the Pennsylvania General Assembly. Here to tell you what you need to know before you head to the polls in Wayne County is uh, our uh, is Wayne County is Wayne Tomorrow Community Network Specialist Mickey Yusuf's Mickey, how are you doing? Jason, you got me tonight. It's Jocelyn Kramer, Wayne County Commissioner. Thank you, Jocelyn Kramer, <laughs> Wayne County Commissioner. And uh, I should point out how to people that in Pennsylvania we've got uh, you know the the county commissioners are are also uh, the, the, essentially the board of elections too, correct? That is correct. Yep, that's correct. So I, I was uh, I was appointed chair of the board of elections um, as soon as I was elected to be a commissioner. So it's a job I've had for almost three years now, Jason. Um, I'm loving it. But um, in in terms of elections, it's really great to get good information out there. So we really appreciate the the time to be with you tonight. Well, it's great. Well, I'm glad to have you. So let's talk about it while while we've got some time to talk because. Election Day is closing in. What's the last day to register to vote in PA? So the last day to register for our general election on November 8th, last day to register is October 24, 2022. And Pennsylvania voters can do that in person at the elections office at the county courthouse. They can do it online. Um, The state has a website, vote.pa.gov. Or our own county website will also take you to the links to to register online. Great, great. So that answered my next question, which is how how people can go about uh, doing this. Now, about the actual voting, uh, I know that we spoke a lot in previous elections about the mail-in voting and uh, early voting. As I understand it, early voting in Pennsylvania essentially takes the form of the mail-in ballot, but just bringing it in person. Is that right? little bit, Jason. So so because the mail-in ballot option uh, exists now, the no-excuse mail-in op- ballot option, um, we, we don't technically have early voting in PA. However, as, as people typically understand that, however, you can show up at the county office, you can request your ballot, which takes a few minutes, you can submit that request, which takes a few minutes, and then you can be issued a ballot and you can vote it there on the spot. Um, because there's checks and balances, it's not a very quick pro- pro- process. 
So I don't want people to walk in and think it takes five minutes. It really takes over 20 minutes to get that all done so that it's done properly. But that is possible. And it happens all the time. (laughs) And people can also do the same thing, then just take the ballot home, uh, take their time with it, and then mail it in if they do it in the correct way and in the correct time frame, right? Exactly. So you can take your ballot with you so you can spend some time on it. Um, You can complete your ballot. When you are completing a mail-in ballot, it's really important that you follow the instructions because we cannot count it if it's not filled out properly or completely. And in most cases, the, the problems that we have seen in the past are people are not taking their ballot and putting it in a secrecy envelope that's provided. So you have to do that step. Then that goes in the final envelope, and all of this is included when you get it. The final envelope has to be dated, and it has to be signed. So I want to make sure people do it properly so that that vote counts. Okay, and that's something that that I know we've talked about before. So, um, but and then what's the deadlines? What, what's the timing on the the getting the mail in ballots and then making sure they're mailed back in? So as long as we receive a ballot by the close of the polls on election days on November eighth, uh, we can count that ballot. And polls close at eight p.m. People can drop it off in the courthouse up to eight p.m. Our elections office is actually open. We also have a drop box in the county. It is in the lobby of the courthouse. It's under surveillance. Um, That will also be open and available to folks up till 8 p.m. But if you're concerned about mail, you know, please do drop it in the mail sooner rather than later. If we're getting close to the day and you want to make sure that ballot is received and counted, uh, I would recommend dropping it off in person. And the poll times for people that are just uh, going to the polls to vote in person as usual, what's the timing on that? Polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., and they are staffed with our excellent poll workers, many of them who have been doing this, and I'm not kidding you, for decades. So elections are run really well in Wayne County, Jason, in my opinion, from my experience. The mail-in ballot option is becoming increasingly popular. We're seeing more and more people request it, and we are seeing more and more people do it properly, fewer and fewer mistakes. Um, But we have an aging population here in Wayne County. Our averages are a little higher than state average. So this is a really nice option for people that have concerns about how they might be feeling on Election Day if they're struggling with any kind of physical ailments or illness or something like that, uh, or traveling or anything. So so I'm I'm happy to see the numbers ticking up for people requesting mail-in ballots um, in both parties. Uh, I think people really appreciate this alternative option. Absolutely. And now when the votes come in, when they're mailed in, people go in and vote. Then the next step is counting the votes. And that's uh, that's a big process, a big deal. It's, you, I know you take it very seriously. Uh, who? Uh, let's talk sure about do. who does the counting and, and how does that process happen? So county employees do that process. And it is open to the public, by the way. Once the polls close at 8 p.m., We are in the Wayne County Commissioner's office. Um, We've used a separate location if there's a COVID uh, outbreak and we need to be farther apart from each other. But at that time, we are counting the ballots that come in from each of the polling locations. They are scanned into our scanning machines that scans and counts them and tallies them. And usually by 10.30-ish or 11 o'clock, 
we have um, results posted. Actually, we post the results as soon as we start scanning ballots. Obviously, those results um, don't mean anything until everything is counted. Um, our scanning equipment is actually fairly new, Jason, and is extremely effective. This is a process I oversee, um, and we they are not connected to the Internet. There is no voting equipment connected to the Internet, so nothing could be hacked or interfered with. We are physically present, all three commissioners, um, our director of elections, and the county employees that help us with the scanning uh, And that night. They've been doing that for years as well. It's a pretty well-oiled machine, um, and it's, it's exciting. It's elections. So usually by 11 o'clock, we, we know the outcome of most of the races, and those are posted live on our website. Um, and it is, as I said, open to the general public. And every now and then we have a few people show up and watch and see how the system works. Okay, well, that's all the ins and outs of the elections, but I know we don't always uh, get the luxury of talking to you. So I figure while we hand you, Jocelyn, is there anything else going on in Wayne County that you're aware of as a county commissioner that you'd like to talk to us about tonight? Uh, yes. <laughs> but I'll stick to our time frame. Let's do a follow-up. We, we are working on a bunch of projects that I'd love to talk to you about. But just on um, voting and election, Jason, I want to share with you some interesting data. I, I, I checked our records earlier today. When we had this same Senate and governor's race four years ago, we had 33,339 registered voters in Wayne County. And as of today, we have 35,390 registered voters in Wayne County. So an increase of about 2,000 voters, which is exciting. And tomorrow, we are uh, hosting our annual Pennsylvania Voter Hall of Fame event. And we honor voters have voted uh, in general elections for 50 consecutive years. And this is always an exciting and a fun day at the courthouse. And do you so have, that's happening tomorrow. That, do you have new people that reach that benchmark every year? We do. We have 21 wow. this year. That's great. So, yeah, Pennsylvania has a great track record on this, and it's usually a crowded event because, you know, they bring family members. It's a really big deal. Um, and, and I absolutely love it, Jason. And um, I can't wait till I, <laughs> I get to be in the Voter Hall of Fame. Wow. 50 consecutive general elections. That's and we amazing. can track it across different states if someone moved to the area. Uh, so it's really, it's fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. That's great. That's a half century of uh, patriotic civic duty. Right? Yeah, that's great. It sure is. That's absolutely great. Okay, uh, anything else you want to mention? Um, I just want to thank you again, Jason, for this opportunity okay. to check in on Thursdays. I know you've been working with Mickey, who is uh, has received a promotion of sorts with the county. She is our community network specialist for the Wayne Tomorrow Initiative, and she's been a part of that initiative for a long time now. But this is a great step up for Mickey, and we're excited about it. She's got a broadcast background that makes her really um, just really great at getting information out there and connecting people. So that's exciting, and we can talk more about Wayne Tomorrow. We can talk more about broadband project updates and tax reassessments um, as soon as we have time, Jason. Whenever you have time, I'm, I'm happy to talk about okay, it. Okay, that's great. So we'll, we'll make that happen, and, and I'll let you go now. But be, before I do, if you could just give uh, people one more time the, the contact info where they, where they can get more information uh, related to voting like we were talking about. So I recommend our website, waynecountypa.gov. 
And once you're on our homepage, choose the drop-down of the Bureau of Elections Office. And there, it's so great, Jason. There's so much good information. You can find out where your polling location is if you don't know. You can take a look at the ballot, what it's going to look like, so you can see all the names and start doing your research on that. Uh, and, and our site will connect you to the state site, which allows you to register, to update your registration, to check your registration, um, and to just find all of the uh, important election dates. So I highly recommend our very own WayneCountyPA.gov website. Go then to Bureau of Elections. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. And I want to thank you again, uh, Jocelyn Kramer, Wayne County Commissioner. Thank you so much for giving us the lowdown and the rundown and everything related to elections in Wayne County. Be well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And have a great evening, Jason. You too. Always a pleasure. Take care. You're listening to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will check in with uh, the Sullivan County Cornell Cooperative Extension. The 2022 Radio Catskill Community Awards, celebrating our local media for their outstanding local journalism, courageous conversations, and community commitment. The honorees are the Student Journalists of Manor, Inc., the River Reporter, the Sullivan County Democrat, the Shawangunk Journal, and Bold Gold Media with a special recognition to Barry Plaxon of Canvas. Join us October 20th for the Radio Catskill Community Awards. Tickets at WJFFRadio.org. On this week's On the Media, a right-wing conspiracy monger gets his legal comeuppance. Alex Jones was ordered to pay nearly a billion dollars in damages for the extraordinary lies he spread about the Sandy Hook massacre. I'm in bankruptcy. We got two years of appeals. Ain't going to be happening. Ain't no money. Don't miss this week's On the Media from WNYC. Saturday afternoon at 4 here on Radio Catskill. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Welcome back to the local edition. You know, once a month we check in with Cornell Cooperative Extension of Solomon County, and this month we're talking about SNAP Ed and why SNAP is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It used to be known as Food Stamps, part of U.S. Domestic Hunger Safety Net. Radio Catskills Patricio Robayo spoke to B. Moser, nutritionist with Co- Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County. And teaches healthy eating through SNAP program. Patricio started off by asking B to tell him more about SNAP Ed. Great question. So SNAP Ed, um, the two letters Ed stand for education. So the SNAP Ed is the nutrition promotion and obesity prevention component of SNAP. <clears throat> so we do a lot of nutrition education um, for SNAP eligible 
recipients, and we also give trainings and professional development to people who work with SNAP-eligible uh, audiences. And who are you teaching? Are you going to the schools? Are you going to nonprofits? Uh, what is your outreach exactly with uh, SNAP-ED? By now, I don't even need to do any out outreach anymore because people already know that we are offering those services. Most of my time is spent teaching in schools. So I reach the kids, but I also reach the teachers. I do a lot of professional development training with the teachers and staff, also with the cafeteria staff, because we want to have our kids eat the healthiest food, food as possible. And then through the kids, we also try to reach the parents with, for, with offering trainings for them as well. But we also have um, a SNAP-Ed texting program where they would get, it's a free program that we offer to parents, and they would get one to two free texts per week. It, I always call it, you have a nutritionist on your phone with little tips and tricks that they get about how can you eat healthy and how can you save time and save money at the same time. Right. Those are two good things to put together, eat healthy and save money. And when you talk about eating healthier, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is sometimes eating healthier can be more expensive. So let's talk about that. You're, you're going to the schools, you're teaching the students, you're teaching the teachers, the cafeteria workers, how to tips to prepare meals healthier or have the kids eat healthier and let the kids know exactly how to go about eating healthy. Uh, can you sort of give us a little preview exactly what you're teaching in those sessions? Yes, I'd love to. So we talk mainly about increasing the consumption of nutrients, nutrient-dense foods, like you just said, eating more fruits and vegetables. And many people think they are more expensive, and usually they are, but all four forms of fruits and vegetables count. So not just fresh, but also frozen, also dried, and also canned. And then I give tips and tricks on how can you find the best canned vegetable. For example, look for low sodium or no salt added on canned vegetables because that cuts down on the, on the salt amount in those cans. Then when it comes to frozen fruits and vegetables, for example, uh, we give the tip of looking for fruits and vegetables in frozen form the way they grow outside in nature. So there should not be anything else added, like any butter or any gravy or any salt or sugar added. Then when we talk about fruits that are packaged, make sure that it is that it says in 100% choose because otherwise they would add sugar to that. Another, another tip, for example, when it comes to sugary drinks is, or it's not a tip, it's more a, um, when I demonstrate it, when I tell people, how much sugar is actually in those sugary drinks, and then I put it out and I show it to them in the in a cup, like next to the next to the bottle that they of soda that they would drink. That makes a big impact, and it also saves you money if you go away from those sugary drinks and drink water because water is usually free, right? So that those are a, a few examples that I could give you. We also talk about. Tips and tricks that you, what you can do in the supermarket, right? Food resource management. So there are many things, never go, I mean, I think every, every one of your listeners can, knows that. If you go shopping hungry, you always grab the, the unhealthiest things. So don't go shopping hungry, uh, or go 
with with a shopping list. Always very important. And before you go shopping, look at home in your pantry what you already have. Maybe you can make a meal out of it. So there are many many uh, tips that I give when you how you can save money when you go to the grocery store. Not only are you letting folks know how to eat healthy and teaching them how to do those things, but also helping them shop smarter by saving money and looking at at what you actually are buying and and see what sort of the healthy options that you can afford. Absolutely. We are big on like saving money and still eating healthy, but also saving time. But because who who nowadays has time on standing in the kitchen and cooking all the time? So another um, saving time would be make something that would last for longer, right? When you have time in the week, cook ahead. Like, for example, make some lentils at home or um, use something that you can use in different meals during the during the week. The biggest takeaway I'm getting right now in our short conversation is that you're letting folks know how to eat healthy, but it's also the bigger picture here is preventative diseases like heart disease and can and some cancers and obesity. And I think one of the biggest factors that leads to some of these things is like sugar. You, just reducing your sugar can, I'm sure, like you mentioned before, have a really huge impact on your overall health. So there were studies made and, and looked at eating behaviors of the population, and they found out that sugar is the big has the biggest impact on all those chronic or on many chronic diseases, all the ones that you mentioned. So just cutting out a little bit of sugar. I'm not saying. Cut it out completely. Cut it out. I always say be kind to yourself and do it slowly because you want to get used to reducing the amount of sugar you're eating. And just by looking at nutrition fact labels, for example, that's also something we teach how to read a nutrition fact label. And I don't know if you ever looked at a nutrition fact label yourself, but they always show it in grams and milligrams. And for example, for sugar, they show it in grams. And nobody can visualize, can work with grams here. So I teach my, in my classes how you can convert grams of sugar into teaspoons of sugar. Because if I asked you, picture 76 grams of sugar um, in your head right now. That's exactly the amount of sugar that is in a blue Mountain Dew, 76 grams. We all, nobody would know or almost no one would know how much is this actually? And then I teach them how to convert grams of sugar into teaspoons of sugar. And teaspoons of sugar, that turns, turns out, it's 19 teaspoons of sugar in one 20-ounce bottle of that particular soda brand. So and that's a lot, especially, especially when you know that female adults can have six teaspoons of sugar in everything they eat and drink in a day, and uh, male adults can have nine teaspoons of sugar in everything they eat and drink in a day. So that, just with one soda, you're way above your recommended amount of sugar that you should eat in a day. That's amazing that one bottle of soda like that can have so much sugar in it. One of the things I I always have to remind myself when I go shopping and looking at food labels is uh, to remind myself that I have to look on top and see how many servings are in a container because... The sort of the, the numbers can look good, like low sodium, low, sh- you know, sugar, things like that, or no sugar, no fat, whatever. Uh, but then when you look at the servings, you have to sort of multiply. Like this is good just for like one serving, but in one can or one bag could have multiple servings. And, and you could think of like, Oh yeah, I'm eating one serving is one bag, but no, 
one bag of something could have multiple servings within a container. Is that my is that a good way to sort of look at things? Correct, correct. That's the first stop. That's the first thing you should look at when you look at nutrition fact label, the serving size. Look at the serving size and then you have to figure out how how many servings are you eating and like you said, then you have to do a little bit more math. Keeps us young, all that calculating. <laughs> yeah. Another thing on top of that, I'm just reading off your website is on top of the, the food knowledge of eating healthier is physical activity, getting out there, working out in some capacity and also not stay, not staying stationary. Uh, you know, uh, many of us work from home. Some of us, you know, work in offices, uh, you know, are sitting around, um, mostly all day. Also, you know, like our job just entails us sitting down a lot in front of our computers. Yes, correct. So our main three pillars are increase the consumption of fruits and vegetables, what we talked about, then decrease the consumption of sugary drinks and drink more water. And our third one is move more because we are sitting, like you said, we are sitting way too much. I mean, just think back when I was younger, I went shopping, grocery shopping at the store or I went shopping for my pet food at the store. Now I'm sitting on the couch looking at my device and ordering while I sit on my couch, maybe with even something unhealthy next to me, right? So we are moving less, and it is so important to get up and move your body. We're sitting so much. So we try to really talk about the importance of moving more, because it is so beneficial and every little bit counts. And they found out that the the minimum that we need, adults need, are 150 minutes of moderate physical activity per day, uh, per week, sorry, per week. That translates to five times a week, 30 minutes. And you don't need to do 30 minutes all at once. You can break it down into little 10-minute segments. And I think Three times a day, 10 minutes, that's what we could do. And even if we can't, if you say, no, that's impossible for my life, every minute that you of movement that you add to your day is beneficial for your health. And like I say to, to, to people all the time, imagine you only have one car for your whole life. You would take really good care of it. The same goes for our health, for our body. We only have one body and we want to have it healthy for our whole life, so we have to take good care of it. And taking good care of it means eating more of the right things and moving a little bit more. We can still eat all the foods that are not so healthy for us, but add more fruits and vegetables. We can still sit on the couch and have our fun and watch our favorite show, but try to get up as often as you can. Maybe even park the car a little further away from the supermarket. Every step counts. Very important. You're right. It's like every step counts. And, you know, technology is, is fantastic. Like it can have that convenience of ordering things from your home, but it also can, can cause the hindrance of not getting you out of the house. So, uh, it's, it's, you know, every bit counts, but also it can help you, technology that is can help you sort of stay on track of all your healthy habits now. And a good tip is with the use of technology to your advantage. So, for example, I set my phone every 45 minutes. I set my phone to ring. And then I, then I want to get up for at least 15 minutes. Like even, yeah, I'm lucky I have a standing desk. So a little, a little thing that where I can prop my computer up. So if I cannot move away from the computer, I can stand. And if there is an opportunity to stand, just use that opportunity. Don't sit down. That makes a big difference already. So small changes can make a big difference. 
Right. Especially here in Sullivan County, when we're second to last in health rankings, every bit uh, can help us, definitely. B, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? If you're interested in the program, just reach out to uh, Snap at New York. You can find um, the Sullivan sites there. Many people are also looking for healthy recipes, and we have such a great website. It's snapadny.org. And if you go to that website, there are over 400 healthy recipes, healthy and affordable affordable recipes on there. And some of them, many of them actually, have even um, videos attached to them. So you can see other uh, nutrition educators or sometimes even me um, making a healthy dish if you're interested in that. Right. And that website is snapedny.org. I'm just looking at the website now and I can see you can put some ingredients in there. And for your pantry and, and sort of see what you, what recipes you can find. So it's a great little website to sort of uh, get you started in healthy eating. And you, you could download the recipe and also download the shopping list. So you could go straight to your grocery store prepared. B, thank you so much for talking to us. Let us know about the Snap Ed program that you run. B, we're talking to B Moser, nutritionist for Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County. B, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition. Thanks for having me. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo. Patricio, thank you, B. And remember, we check in with the Cornell Cooperative Extension of Sullivan County uh, once a month here on the local edition. And the local edition comes to you every weeknight at 6.30. But we only go till 7, so that's why we're ending now. I've been your host, Jason Dole. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let you know it's been, it, it was a wet day all day today. And it's going to be a wet night tonight. Periods of rain tonight, overnight low down to 45. Uh, but tomorrow... It's going to be mostly sunny with a high getting up to 61 and even cooler tomorrow night, but clear overnight low down to 38. You want to stay tuned coming right up. It's Ramble Tamble with John Gordon. Two hours of great music right here on Radio Catskill, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello.